shotglassdigital.com. Rebel Force Radio is brought to you by Little Debbie Snacks, bakers of all galactic goodness like Star Crunch, Cosmic Cupcakes, Mini Donuts, and much more. Little Debbie, official snack of Rebel Force Radio, Rancho Obi-Wan, and fans around the galaxy. Rebel Force Radio presents Star Wars Oxygen. The music of John Williams. Red 5, I'm going in. Like Star Wars itself, the music in the film defied conventional wisdom. At a time when disco was burning up the charts, having a traditional symphonic soundtrack was another huge risk on Lucas's part. He really understood the genre that I was talking about. It's a group of composers that weren't that well looked upon in the 70s. There was a different attitude toward the old-fashioned symphonic and the scores. And I had a lot of music in the movie. Hey, Star Wars fans, Jimmy Mack here with you, and welcome once again to <gasps> Star Wars Oxygen, the music of John Williams. Yes, breathe it all in. It's Rebel Force Radio's monthly look and listen to the work of the maestro of all six films, soon to be seven, the Star Wars saga. Yeah, we'll be hearing new John Williams music in December. New John Williams Star Wars music coming at you with The Force Awakens. But right now, we're focusing in on the prior films that make up the Star Wars saga. And joining us always to analyze, discuss, dissect, and maybe even argue a little bit is a musician, actor, and host of the Star Wars Celebration digital stage or any stage at Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> <laughs> it's David Collins. Hey, Jimmy Mack and Star Wars and music aficionados. Welcome to Volume 22 of Star Wars Oxygen, the music of John Williams. It's taken us a while to get here. We uh, we wanted to schedule this for last week. A lot going on in Star Wars, as all of you know. Uh, we had a huge week last week, not just with the galaxy far, far away, but also a huge Star Wars music week. And Jimmy, I uh, I wanted to waste no time this week and just dive right into something that we all listen to that so many of you tweeted about and Facebooked about and emailed in about. Thank you once again for uh, reaching out to Star Wars Oxygen and to Jimmy and to, and to me about this. But I want to talk right away about the new trailer and its music that came out last Monday. All right, the new trailer music. Now, this is something that our listeners have definitely heard me go on a little bit about. And just to... Uh, you know, paint a picture for you, David. I, I got to be honest with you. And you know you know, sort of how I've been feeling about this trailer music because I tweeted you a lot the next morning when you couldn't join us for our trailer recap show because I just, yes. I just had some concerns with it. Number right. one, it was the fact that everyone was telling me it was John Williams. And mm -hmm. it just something felt... You know, thinking of it in that perspective, thinking, okay, this is new John Williams music. Something about it sounded hollow to me, and it just didn't have the signature style that I associate with John Williams. It had a lot of current filmmaking marketing tropes that get applied to a lot of trailers these days. The, the heavy percussive drum that is clearly digital... The, the 
silent piano of you know, very minimalist one or two notes at the beginning to sort of evoke some sort of emotion out of you. I think Star Wars doesn't need to lean on those sort of gimmicks. I think that Star Wars knows what works. We've seen what works for Star Wars in Star Wars trailers. And that is the music of John Williams. Unfettered. Now, what we were getting here with the uh, the music, and like I said, a lot of people were expecting it to be new music from John Williams. A lot of people claimed it was new music of John Williams. And when I expressed some of my concerns about it, I felt like I was being persecuted a little bit because people were thinking I was taking a dump on the work of the maestro, the guy who we devote a monthly show to here on the Rebel Force Radio Network. And that wasn't the case at all. I mean, there was just something about the way the piece was structured that struck. It didn't strike me as Star Wars as we know it, but it struck me as movie marketing of the modern day. At the end of the day, I realized that this is not the film. This is a commercial for the film. This is movie marketing. This is not filmmaking. But I know a lot of people latched on to the music and loved it, regardless, no matter what. It worked for them. It works for me to a certain degree. It works for me, but maybe not even on the level of a good soundtrack to an episode of star Wars rebels. Uh, to me, sometimes that that's obviously synthesized music, but it, it sometimes that it feels like that fits star Wars better than the music we got in this trailer. I, I just think this was all about the marketing. So now David, I've, I've put it all out there. I've said everything I got to say about this. I know people are so sick of hearing me talk. I'm sick of hearing me talk about the music to the trailer, but I really am curious to hear what you think about it. I don't want you to hold back. You had expressed to me that. Well, I never expressed publicly anything. You haven't expect, except on the com link, you said you did not want to pee in the proverbial pool. I'm paraphrasing. No, I just, <laughs> all I said was, you know, I, you know, why listen to me analyze when you can just kind of enjoy it? So my, my, uh, my take on this, in fact, this is a totally different subject, but I've actually been thinking a lot about the Force Awakens soundtrack in general, which is, you know, do we, do we really want to analyze it before we've all had a chance to just listen to it and make our own memories with it? And, you know, do you really want to be told what someone else thinks or what, can, you know, like analyze it academically? Or do you just want to like love it for a while and then think about it again? Um, I now still want to talk about it when it comes out. The great restraint that you have. I lack that skill. I, I was just going with gut reaction, well, just spitting it all over the internet, and that that's fine because well, no, that's what the reaction show is for. You know, I that's wasn't what the reaction show. Yeah, no, 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 is. absolutely. And people want to know they're having their own reactions, and all Star Wars fans are just buzzing having these conversations with each other. So let me get into the trailer here. Um, obviously, uh, the trailer was a huge success. And I, it, it's actually something that I am a really big fan of. I'm a really big fan of this trailer. I would actually even go as far as to say that this is, uh, hmm, this is probably my favorite of the three. It's probably my favorite of the three. But then again, it also has the most meat on its bone because bones because you're getting uh, closer to the movie, right? So it reveals more. But it, it's just so well done. It's so emotional. Um, and 
you know, I love the first trailer because it was a teaser and that was pure John Williams. Um, I thought the music for this trailer did a really, really great job of pulling at our heartstrings, right? It really did a great job of driving home uh, what we all want out of this, right? That being said, definitively, I can say with 100% confidence, this is absolutely not John Williams that did this trailer. This is, wow. this is, uh, this was done internally. Um, I think when it's mixed in with all of the sound effects and everything, it's incredibly effective. I think that it's, uh, it, it, you know, hearing Han and Leia's theme, or excuse me, Han and the princess, Han Solo and the princess, really, I mean, it, it made me well up, Jimmy. I, I'm not going to lie. You know, when you're seeing the Falcon just smear through hyperspace like that and you're hearing, you know, the, you know, you're hearing all of that there, I, I just... I just lost it, you know, and especially when he said it's real, all of it, it's all real. When the cynic became the believer and then eventually, you know, that theme turns into, you know, it goes from that to, uh, you know, it goes into uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's theme or the force theme, you know, and that's where that trailer lives. Those are the two big themes in the trailer. Um, I thought they did a tremendous job. What I was not expecting was them to put out this all music version that Disneyland put out. They just randomly put it out. And it was so raw that it was actually just a stem from the mix. And that that means that the music was ducking down every time there was supposed to be dialogue. Like it wasn't even a music mix. It was just like, hey, here, check out this music, you know? And so now we all have this. Um, you know, and it is very minimalist. Obviously just piano, right? Um, with some strings very lightly in the background. And you're getting the story of Ray, you're getting the story of Finn. And then, of course, uh, it turns a little dark here as uh, you start getting the story of Kylo Ren, right? These are our three big major new cast members. Now, it really is obvious to my ear, Jimmy, that this is all uh, synthestration. It's not a real orchestra. It's not a real choir. It's all done on a computer. Um, You're right about the drums. The war drums just give it away. Um, it's, it's, it definitely falls into that sort of modern trailer language. Um, Slash Film had a great article that was very accurate. There are tons of trailer composers out there. I write very trailer-esque music. I'm doing a video game score right now. Um, you know, these drums. Jump, 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 jump. I mean, John Williams would never do this, right? This is touch that with a ten foot pole. Well, now, 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 I don't want to say, I don't want to say, I'm not, now, let me be very, very clear. I am in no way bagging on this because I actually think, and this is what I, the distinction that I want to make, this is not the movie. This is not the movie. It's exactly what you said. It's a trailer. When we had a trailer in 1977, it was, it was uh, Vivaldi's The Four Seasons Winter Slowed Down. Finally figured that one out. Um, you know, had nothing to do with Star Wars. All other previous Star Wars movies had other music rehashed from different movies. We've gotten full, three full, unique musical treatments for all three of these Force Awakens trailers that that play by their own rules. And all three of them have a double meaning. They're both talking about in the world, but they're also talking to us as an audience. You know, this is actually something that JC brought up. He goes, he goes, you know, what I love about these trailers is that they're talking to you. You know, first they say there's been, a, been an awakening. Have you felt it? There's a double meaning there. Then it's, uh, you know, uh, the force is strong in my family. I have it. Uh, you know, my father has it. I have it. You have that power too. And then this one, you know, let it in. And this is really kind of, a, this trailer is musical and of its time, granted. However, I don't think the movie's going to sound anything like this. 
the I mean, uh, there was just a, an update from J.J. Abrams, wasn't there? Did you see this today? He did some interviews saying that it's very purposeful that you know Mark Hamill's not in the trailer and in the poster. That's very much done on purpose. And he also said there was one scoring tra- uh, session left with John Williams, and he called John Williams a musical genius yet again. So this That's is right. going to be John Williams' movie. This trailer is really about kind of celebrating culturally where we're at in the hype and anticipation machine. And I think they did a great job. It's not Williams. That's not a bag on it. But, you know, a lot of people just were so caught up in the moment that I didn't want to come across like I was, yeah, you know, uh, raining on anyone's parade. But yeah, it's but not. Yeah, see, it's, it's I, I, lack, I lack that skill of restraint. <laughs> Apparently, I am a bad fan I am no, a, no, no, no. Yes, People... I am. Yes, I am. Everyone is loving the trailer, and here I am. I come on. Oh, the music. It's not John Williams. It's I, you know what I said. It was. Let me talk you off the ledge. I here, said Jim. it was beneath John Williams. That was my initial summary. I said this is beneath the work of John Williams. I stand by that summary, and and to this day, I I will I'll go down with the ship if I have to, believing that. I think what I'm where I'm coming from, and and then I'll let you uh, you try to uh, do the damage control for me, David. That I know you're dying to do. Um, <laughs> I think th- these days, as a, as a Star Wars fan, you know, I'm the old guard. And uh, I, I might be a little bit nervous about this uh, new era of Star Wars without George Lucas running the show, you know, f- for good or for bad. We always knew who was calling the shots. Nowadays, I just worry about these these uh, committees and focus groups and marketers and 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 just knowing the type of influence those people have. It makes my skin crawl a little bit because they all copy one another. And that's what I'm seeing and hearing in this trailer. It just, I, I love the trailer. I, it's, it's a very effective trailer. I've, I've seen it many, many times. I watch it all the time and I love it more every time I see it. But the Star Wars that I grew up with established trends or reinforced trends from, you know, old school trends, you know, uh, and brought them back. This presentation clearly is strongly influenced by the trends that the marketing executives have been using to death within the last five years. All right, well, and and so that kind of just makes me roll my eyes a little bit, thinking, oh, Star Wars can do better than this. It can, but let me tell you a couple things just to kind of, first of all, you're you're not a no one that spends as much time each week on microphone talking passionately about Star Wars like you can call themselves a bad fan. Let's I'm just say a that person. Bad fan. Well, no, I mean, you no, know, it was. A I understand what you're saying. Show. Sure, Unfiltered. no, no. You don't you don't want that to be the music in the movie, not with the promise of John Williams and having spent two years almost talking about this stuff. It'll be two years next month. We've been talking about oxygen, you know, or talking about John Williams. No, I get it. I don't want that to be the style uh, either. But I will say that, you know, for a trailer, they really, really understood the emotional beats that they needed to hit, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I'll, I want to analyze the music, even though it's not John Williams, because I think they did a great job, and uh, I, I like what they did. Um, well, it's but it's clearly but, based on the music of John It Williams. is the music. of It's 100% the music of John Williams, just a new arrangement. So what I wanted to say is I would rather have that, that unique uh, crafted experience that we got then get yet another trailer that has this. 
You know, I like if I hear this in a trailer again. You know, like I mean, come on. Like I love this piece of music, but like if I hear another trailer with, you know, doing this at the very end. December 17th. <laughs> like I just don't want that again. We've seen it so many times. That's one. Two, knowing that John Williams is still writing music for the movie and is still working on the on the movie, you know, and we're what? Uh less than 2 months out. I would rather have him working on the movie than producing a one-off like he did for that trailer before Thanksgiving, you know, and give us trailer music where, you know, we might get something cut in from a different Star Wars movie because he didn't have time to chase the picture changes, you know, because it's a digital world we live in. And the fact that they keep going back and um, John Williams being a very busy man, I would rather have him focused on the, on the movie. We got an original experience that was crafted to try and give us an emotional message. And for me, for me... It really worked. I had, and I think for a lot of Star Wars fans, they had a strong emotional reaction. So of course, they assume it's John Williams because it is John Williams' music. So in a way, it is, but it's arranged a little bit differently. You know, so let's talk about that music a little bit. First of all, it is all based around two themes: Han Solo and the princess, and the Force theme or Ben Kenobi's theme. Right? Even these opening chords. This is me on the piano here. Right? Right. So these opening chords here. Right. These uh, opening chords are very much, uh, those chords are the skeletal structure of the actual chord structure of Han and Leia's theme, right? You've got da-dee, da-da-dee-da, right? Right, so that, that's all there. And that's basically what it does. You know, the piano is actually just an intro to Han and Leia's theme, but it's in disguise, which I love. You know, the first thing you see is you see Ray's face, masked face, and uh, you, you hear, who am I? I'm nobody. This is a new character that we're all being introduced to, right? And, and I love, hmm, I don't want to get into spoilers, Jimmy, but what does it mean when we've got, you know, Ray over this music, right? Like, you can, you can draw a million conclusions, but, uh, I mean... What were we just told musically? You know, right. what what does it mean? I, I love that. I love the speculation. I love not really knowing. But I mean, I also feel like, you know, we were given a really strong message that um, this, you know, that Han Solo and Princess Leia, and look, they're, they were on the poster the day before, uh, play a big part in this. You know, who am I? I'm nobody. Well, yeah, we don't know who you are, but yet we hear you over this music, you know, right? And then you, 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 you start to develop the theme a little bit, you know, which is, which is really great. Whatever, you know, and, um, <laughs> and, I don't remember and, uh, that part. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that. Um, and, and, uh, I, I'm talking and playing at the same time. Um, and, and then it just keeps developing. And then by the time you get to, uh, you get to the Millennium Falcon and, and, well, and Kylo Ren and all that stuff, it gets really dark. And then, of course, this, uh, this right here turns into, you know, right? Um, what is that? Uh, right. And it's just, and, and then that kind of drives the whole thing towards the end is just that big, uh, that uh, really, really big um, force theme. But yeah, I mean, you can do that nowadays with samples. You can do a lot of that stuff. Here, I'll show you. 
uh, Jimmy, I actually thought what might be kind of fun this time around is to actually bring up some samples so people can kind of hear what you can do on a computer nowadays. Um, you know, I've got some, uh, some drums that I, I use a lot when I'm doing sort of trailer-esque music. Uh, let me know if this is too loud for you, this kind of stuff. Can you hear this? Yeah. Right. You know, these big hits. You know, and you can change it to be all this different stuff. So, like, if I was uh, if I was doing this trailer and I wanted these sort of big heroic drums, I'd be like, dun, 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 dun. You know, that's what basically what they're doing. You know, there's all kinds of stuff out there for you to make these these uh, these big uh, these big arrangements. You know, so if I uh, want to bring up some strings, I can go over here and be like, well, let me bring up a string patch here. Let me go to this uh, string ensemble. Um, and you can just all kind of put it together in the computer and and it would sound very, very convincing. And that's basically what they did. And, you know, there are thousands of people who, by the way, worship John Williams like we do, and probably are composers because they saw Star Wars when they were a kid, um, that would just kill to, to do this guy justice, you know? But uh, yeah, here we have some, like a string patch here. Right. Right, right. They should have just called you to do the, the trailer soundtrack. Well, yeah, and that's, I think, why I'm working in defense of this stuff is that, you know, this is how a lot of music is made for this stuff nowadays. And, and trailers do rely on this kind of stuff, you know, and then they'll cut in like... Those drums sound like something right out of a Transformers movie. And to me, they don't even sound like yeah. drums. They sound like a car door being slammed shut. It's, um, <laughs> you know, it's just the disturbing trends of, of modern film marketing. That's well, all that's because these I mean, are the just... tools. These are the tools that everyone has on a budget. Like, you know, and then they, you know, if you watch a trailer, you have this kind of classic thing now too, right? You know, you get like all the, these are the kind of tools that are available to composers to use all the time, right? John oh. Williams is old school. He writes with uh, pencil and staff paper and a piano, and he writes for an orchestra. And, and that's, but there are people that are surround him that do this kind of music, you know? Uh, we do know from articles like that AFM article I talked about last time that he has people that sit there and turn his sketches into synthestrated scores like this. Um, and, uh, and then that way, you know, people like JJ can review it before they go to the scoring stage. You know, they can kind of plug it in, tweak it a little bit, talk about the ideas um, versus back in the day where you just had to go in cold. Um, that doesn't have to happen anymore because of computers. But, yeah, these are the kind of tools we have. But is it John Williams? No. Did it do its job? Yes. Um, in isolation, you can really hear that it's, it's a synthetic score. Um, but um, I don't know. I really enjoyed the trailer. And... Uh, does it take something away? I, I think the only thing that it really takes away is takes away John Williams from working on the movie, which is less than two months away, and we know he's not done. So mm. I guess that's that's my take on this whole thing. Um, I thought it was an extremely emotional trailer, and I saw some stuff that I thought was really cool in that trailer. And I'll take it, Jimmy. I'll take it all Absolutely. day. Absolutely, Absolutely. And I, I, don't, I don't think that anything you say there is wrong. Um, it's something I'm going to have to get used to because John Williams will not be doing the composing and uh, conducting for 
standalone films. He's not going to be doing the music for a live action TV show. So I'm going to have to get used to a more modern touch on Star Wars. Well, let me let me give you this. Let me give you some hope. You already have gotten used to it in that you watched uh, five and a half, six-ish seasons of The Clone Wars. Oh, uh, well, was don't a... get us started on the music from The Clone Wars. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll get there eventually, but I'm sa- I mean, George's take on The Clone Wars was very modern, you know, when... When yes. they're going up to the and, Teth and if Monastery. if you go back and listen to our old Clone Wars roundtables, you'll hear I had a lot to say about that music uh, as well. Uh, uh, oh, did hey, I open the, up a can of worms? Change the more they stay the same. Um, you know, here, here somebody just posted this on uh, Twitter to David Collins and Rebel Force Radio. You and Jimmy Mack are going to throw down. He hates the music. <laughs> I don't. I, I listen. I've I'm said, favoriting this I've tweet said it right now. This is now. probably the third or fourth time I've said into the microphone. I don't hate the music. I I, I totally understand, but but let me just say that, um, you know, it 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 was a commercial, and I think what you and I maybe differ on here is is I'm okay with it being, I guess, a bit modern because it's not the movie. You know, I'm okay it if it has those kind of tropes. Um, and I'm okay for it going out to a bigger audience because I, I, we were never told that John Williams was doing the, the music for this trailer. That's you know, right. They, they never said that. We, no. I think we were all so excited and passionate that, and, and people reacted emotionally to the music that they took to their, to their smartphones and their, their keyboards and just started typing their emotional reactions, you know, which reached us, of course. But that speaks to the power of the music that was there. Which, by the way, is all John Williams themes that we really deeply emotionally resonate with us. They were smart choices to put together a minute and a half, whatever it was, two minute advertisement, you know, on, uh, you know, to, be, to go all over the world that you know is going to be seen by millions and upon millions of people. They did a great job. Um, had they said, yeah, it's John Williams and tried to pull the wool over our eyes, I think that would be different. But I think it was really just the fan base kind of chasing its own tail, like we were all doing, like, Oh my God, it's John Williams. Well, no, no one said it's John Williams. It's just a trailer. Kind of like the music, uh, you know, after the last trailer, honestly, I thought the last trailer had this kind of weird mix going on of new music and old, you know, or, or new, or, uh, you know, John Williams music, but also not, you know, you pointed out that one, uh, that one piano note, for example, that one time, yeah. if you remember, um, so there's a part of me that just thinks, well, you know, I think it's just been kind of going in this direction ever since he did the first one, and he got busy working on the movie. And I'm okay with that. So I guess I, maybe we can... I don't even think we disagree. I just think that you, you know, you, like a lot of us do, we have a, a very passionate reaction to something, and we get scared that we're not going to get what we're hoping to get, which is another rich seventh installation of a John Williams Star Wars classic score. Well, that's that fair, fair enough. And, you know, I do agree with you. And I agree with everyone who said they loved the trailer. And I loved the trailer. And I felt it gave, it gave me an emotional reaction and stuff. But, you know, I, I've been involved in advertising for years and years and years. Audio advertising. So, sure. I mean, maybe I'm a little hypersensitive to things that I uh, consider to be cliche. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I'm sorry, I consider the, the way the music was produced and arranged for this trailer to be ridiculously cliche. And with the way we've been getting told this this new Star Wars, going back to the basics, real sets, genuine effects, actors, not CGI puppets, and 
and an attention to authenticity, going back to the way that the model makers created the original effects in, in the first trilogy, you know, going back to the basics and then you get something that is associated and has been, was seen by 16.6 million people during Monday night football. And you're making a statement about the return of star Wars. To me, that's not making a statement about the return of star Wars. It's saying, we're going to try to fit star Wars into the new world. And that's what they're trying to do. I don't fault them on it. I just, Get nervous when these sort of cliches start infiltrating Star Wars. And, and you know, like sure. I said, it, it, I, I almost feel like it's my job as the old guard to kind of pay attention to that a little bit. And, and I, you know, I, I, I did my timing, probably unfortunate, but that's just, that, you know, that's just how we're getting fed our Star well, Wars so, and yeah. we're well, reacting so, immediately. And, and I'm not going to apologize. Say no more. I just want you don't have to apologize. this to be, yeah. if I can, the bottom line, all I'm going to say about it. Yeah. Um, no need that, to apologize. No, and I think your points are so valid. so much being promised. Yeah, nice are, wait, what's that? I said no need to apologize. I said no need I to apologize. I think your points are valid. Well, I'm, and I'm not going to apologize. I, 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 yeah. I've been arguing about music with my friends since high school. I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm not a stranger to to being very opinionated about a piece of music and throwing down about it and stick, stay in my course. And I'm going to, even though I know that it's it's pissing some people off. I, I don't mean to do that, guys. I, I don't want, and I certainly don't want to take away anyone's joy of watching the trailer. That's the last thing I'd ever want to do. But, right. um, right. but you know, my gut reaction is, is, is what it is. And, uh, and um, I, I've said all I've had to say about it, and I'm not going to, you know, get on this, this anymore unless it makes its way into the final film. But um, it's it's a new Star Wars. It's a new Star Wars. And, you know, for as much as they talk about paying attention to the, uh, the traditions of the past, they do have to move it forward into the future. So, right. Yeah. Somebody said to me, boy, oh, boy, that uh, conversation you had about the music was certainly your get off my lawn episode of the year. <laughs> 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 so you know what I'm going to try to keep all that in mind uh, moving forward too, and uh, and, and too learn late. a little bit too of late. The, the David Collins method of restraint <laughs> and uh, not not shocking the system with so many fans. Look, but, you know, and those look, same fans will get disingenuous. on me. Yeah, what's that? It's disingenuous to say that you like everything, and I don't think that anyone ever expects that. In fact, I think it makes you people distrust your opinion. Um, I certainly would welcome a John Williams score trailer. I think it would be genius, but you know, I don't think that it, uh, makes it a bad trailer. Now I, I have a, here's where you and I have common ground. I don't want that to be the style of music in the movie, but I also, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not worried about that. Um, I took the trailer for what it was and I had a strong re emotional reaction and I respect it for that. And as someone that makes that kind of music, uh, largely for a living, I certainly understand it, and, and yeah, of course, I can hear it right away, um, and uh, you know, a lot of people did as well, but uh, certainly didn't want it to come across, especially in 140 characters on Twitter or something, you know, as curt or dismissive of the music, and that's kind of why we stayed away from it for a week, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I think, uh, 
I think it was great. And now I just say on with the show. December's going to be here before we know it. And uh, as far as trailers go, I think that the three that they've given us just knocked it out of the park. Um, they're trailers. They have their own language. And, uh, and you know, uh, some of that language may, might feel a little tired or cliche. But if it gets butts in seats, then that's really what counts. And uh, based on the ticket surge afterwards, it did its job really well, you know. So anyway. You know, my favorite part of the music from the trailer, and uh, Swank agrees, is at the very end. Yes. You, you, it, it, it's clearly synthesized. You might as well have Keith Emerson playing this. But it's, um, it's at that callback to the, uh, the main theme. Uh, it's not just the main theme. Well, it's the, it's the, the Luke's theme. It's uh, the only it's... appearance that Luke Skywalker made in that trailer. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you know. A lot of people are saying that metallic hand that reaches out on R2's dome that we saw being re- repeated from the second trailer. They, you know, a lot of people are saying that's Luke Skywalker, and I believe that. Maybe it is. And, uh, um, yeah, so, but, I mean, they can't put Luke in the trailer. I understand why they don't want to put Luke in the trailer. It's just like why yeah. they didn't put Yoda in the trailer. You want the big reveal to be on screen when you see the film. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice little little brass there that they did, solo trumpet or something like that. But yeah, again, it's uh, it's all synthesized, you know. So um, that was me with mm-hmm. mine. But I like it. That was a yeah. nice little touch there at the end. That was, thank you, uh, thank you. Definitely. Well, nice. that wraps the trailer. I think it was, you know, obviously it was controversial for for you and and for the wrap up show. But I actually don't think it was all that controversial. I know that there are people that I'm sure feel exactly the same way. And either way, it all comes from a place of passion and we all love this stuff. And Hey, that's what this show is all about is just talking it out. So I'm glad we talked it out. I'm glad we had a chance to finally answer everyone's questions on Twitter and Facebook. But anyway, you know, besides the, um, besides the trailer, we've been talking about episode three, revenge of the Sith, right? We barely started talking about revenge of the Sith because there's so much, Force Awakens stuff to talk about. But man, I've I've spent a lot of time with this movie uh since we did the last volume and um even more so and the soundtrack and just what a brilliant, brilliant soundtrack. Um you know, it is it, it just keeps growing and growing in my estimation. I have to confess to you, Jimmy, that um I have a sensitivity to re-edited Williams music because I mixed so many things. Do you remember that? Do you remember that uh, first Star Wars The Old Republic trailer where there were, you know, a hundred Jedi and a hundred Sith all going at each other in the Jedi Temple, and then the Jedi Temple burns to the ground at the end, and Darth Malgus walks out and he kills that? You remember that big old little mini-movie trailer? E3 2009 practically stopped traffic in its tracks. Yes. Yeah, it was, I believe that, yeah, I believe it was E3 2009. And, well, I, I mixed that. You know, I was the sound supervisor on it, and I had a team of editors, and I mixed that with Eric Foreman at uh, at Skywalker, and um, and the music editing was done by Jesse Harlan and Will Will Roger, and almost all of it was Episode Three. So, like, and you know, doing the Force Unleashed and doing other games, I've heard so much Episode Three music out of context from the actual movie. Mm-hmm. You know, Episode Two and Three were confusing for me for a bit. Really, Episode Three because there's so much action music. Um, that was repurposed into stuff that we were working on that I worked with, you know, as a mixer. 
that I'm like, oh, this cue actually originally comes from here. You know, like I associate certain parts of of music with uh, games that I've worked on. You know, so I really had to like deprogram myself listening to this um, and really, really get into it. But um, when I took a deep dive uh, into this movie, there's just so many incredible things and uh, and and really, really, really. Uh, such an operatic score. Um, we're going to talk about the back half of the movie later, but I wanted to focus on John Williams' take on the Clone Wars. The biggest Clone Wars battle we see in a Star Wars film is at the beginning of this movie, Revenge of the Sith. Right, right. What were your hey, thoughts? Before we get into it, I just want to let you know that I did sit down and give this soundtrack a listen front to end. Oh, good. Oh, and good. I think out of the three soundtracks produced for the prequels... This one gives you the most gratifying listening experience from track one all the way through track 15. Yes. It, yes. It, it, it is so varied and goes into so many different places and does not lean on the same themes over and over again as a, as a crutch like I think the soundtrack for episode two did a little bit with the across the stars, which like just dominates that soundtrack. This soundtrack has much more diversity. Mm, It mm. goes into so many different places and creates so many different moods. And it, I mean, everything from, from deep, dark drama, you know, much like the film itself, it goes from action to, to romance, to, to drama. And it, it does so in such a rich way. When you listen to the album as a whole, it it's such a satisfying listening experience, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love this soundtrack. It does go all over the place. There's so many things we can talk about, um, especially in the back half, uh, you know, with the immolation scene and, um, of course, the... Uh, Anakin's Dark Deeds and Anakin versus Obi-Wan and Padme's Ruminations. I mean, I'm just, I'm looking at the back of it right now. There's so many great cues that we have to cover. I was going to basically go from beginning to end with this movie and just talk about this movie as it's structured as a whole because it does go all over the place. And the way it starts is almost a little mini movie within itself. You've got this half hour of battle that's got some humor in it. Certainly R2 is a big action star at the beginning of this movie. You've got Anakin and Obi-Wan as peers flying through uh, and and fighting this Clone Wars battle. You've got this massive space battle over Coruscant. You know, you've got the death of Dooku. You've got, you know, all the wacky elevator action. You've got so much cool stuff. Um, But, man, musically, this thing just rocks. I mean, what was your reaction when you first saw the the title crawl and it just said, War! Exclamation mark. Mark. It was uh, bring it, uh, you know. We we we've heard about trade disputes in previous crawlers. Let's get to the meat. I mean, after all, it, the film is called Star Wars. Let's not forget that part. And so, it just puts you on the edge of your seat because you know it was all hitting the fan for the galaxy at the end of Episode Two. So very gratifying as a as a fan to sit there and you see that we're going to pick up where we left off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're not going to just completely ignore the fact that this war started at the end of the last movie. Right, and, right. And so, sure enough, 
once those letters fade away, it takes you right into a huge space battle, which is, you know, what a great way to, to start a Star Wars film. Are there any other Star Wars films that begin with a space battle anywhere close to that? I mean, sure, you have nope. In, nope. in A New Hope, you have the, the rebel blade blockade runner but, being pursued by the yeah. Star Destroyer. But I mean, that's it's, not a big war, you know? Well, this is the point I was going to make. No movie starts the way Revenge of the Sith starts. None. This is a total departure from the six films, musically at least, right? I mean, if you were actually to play, you know, uh, let's say uh, Attack of the Clones, right? Um, right, this is uh, the beginning of Attack of the Clones here, right? It gets all mysterious, right? And this is what they all do. They all get super mysterious, right? Yes. Um, all of them, right? This is uh, Attack of the Clones, okay? If you were to go into, this is the... This is uh, Aboard the Federation Battleship. Oh, it's a little bit of the same uh, from Episode 1. You know, we all know how Empire starts out with the, you know, and the way Jedi and, and A New Hope start out. They're all very mysterious. This one is like, hold on to your butts, right? Because suddenly you get right out of the crawler. You get taiko drums. The drums of war are beating, right? And then the sound of two Jedi starfighters. And, an, and a march, uh, and like a uh, militarized version of the Force theme, a.k.a. Obi-Wan Kenobi's theme. George is establishing the two heroes, right? And you don't even know it's war until they dive over the edge of the uh, Republic cruiser, and suddenly it opens up into all-out chaos. Now, this music just goes and goes like this, right? And John Williams just sustains it for uh, for a long time, ten minutes, right? If I skip a, if I skip ahead here, this is where the fun begins. Let the right? pause between us. So we get an abbreviated. You brought up the soundtrack. We get an abbreviated version on the soundtrack. Yes. You know, we don't actually get the Tycho drums, which is really a shame. Such a shame. Um, but you do get some really cool stuff. Uh, let me just turn this down a little bit. It just kind of cuts into the middle of the clone here. Let me see if I can find it here. Yeah, here we go. Right. You and get so cheated so out forth. of so much music. There's so much that we're missing. Um by the way, interesting fact, I don't know if people know this, the title crawl, the main title music, was recorded once for The Phantom Menace and then recycled as a recording for Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. They did not re-record it for both of those prequels. They reused the recording from The Phantom Menace. Ooh. Yes. So that is edited in right here. So, you know, this is all Phantom Menace, Phantom Menace, right? and then suddenly edited into Revenge of the Sith, right there. Um, just kind of an interesting little factoid. Yeah, I thought they were all individually recorded. They were for the classic trilogy, and then they were re-recorded again for Episode One. but Episode One had the same, Sean Murphy recorded all three movies, same recordist, same orchestra, same room. So yeah. they're like, well, you know, 
why are we going to re-record that? We have a very modern, beautiful sounding recording, and we're just trying to emulate it. So uh, they they never did. They just recorded it. They had the one keeper take with the London Symphony Orchestra from episode one, and they reused it uh, for two and three. Don't you think it's obvious that Williams will be re-recording that main theme for The Force Awakens? I think he has to. Yeah, yeah. it's a whole. It's a different room. Uh, it's a different set of musicians. It's a different time. Uh, yeah, I think I definitely technology. There's just so many different variables. Well, even the one we got in the in the November trailer sounded very different. Like I said, the low end was huge, and uh, it was a different sounding, uh, very different sounding uh, main title than what we had in the prequel era. Um, but you know, one of the interesting things that I wanted to point out. Um, and uh, I think John Williams would refer to this as kind of a poetic conceit or a little wink at the audience, is um, you may not know it, it may not have any story significance, but um, it's probably no coincidence that the majority of this music, and I mean like 80% or more of this music in the opening sequence, the Clone Wars, you know, of, uh, of Revenge of the Sith, um, is in three-quarter time. One, two, three, one, two, three. Very slow and, and prodding with war drums, but it's uh-huh. episode three, and the rhythmic meter is in three. And I mean it stays in three for like 10 minutes or more. It's in three. Uh, here, I'll just go back to the uh, beginning here, right, with the, with the drums. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. This will keep up for the entire scene playing one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two. You get the idea. It never stops just relentlessly pounding at three-quarter time at you, just always in threes for the third chapter of of, uh, of Star Wars. Isn't that fascinating? That is. That is incredible. I, only you could, could figure that out. I mean, nobody would break it down like that and realize, hey, this is the third episode. And I mean, Jimmy, if you go forward. Let's go forward here. <laughs> it's a long sequence. Missiles, pull up. Here's where the fun begins. Well, you can argue this was in, in six or, you know, one and two and three and one and two and three and one and two and three. Right. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so much of it. And I'm not saying it does. I mean, there are, there are sections of little of common time, what they call four, four, you know, um, in here and there. But I mean, if you just go and you listen to the soundtrack and you listen to the movie, so much of, of this whole opening sequence is in three quarter time. And I don't know, I mean, who's going to pick up on that? I mean, are you going to feel it? Is it just, I mean, I'm not a numerologist, right? But the idea that, you know, you're, you're, everyone in the audience is pulsing in threes, whether they know it or not. (laughs) <laughs> probably does something to you psychologically. I don't know. <laughs> that's great, man. That that's amazing. I've never heard anything like that before. Yeah. Let's let's think of what else is all threes in the opening of the uh, film. Well, the Buzz Droids they have three legs. They, they have, have three eyes. Hit its center eyes. eye. I don't know. You could probably someone out there has to do a whole like thesis on this or something. But uh, yeah, the music's in three quarter time, so you can add that to your. Uh, to your to your argument or your thesis about uh, the significance of numbers in Star Wars, I don't know, but I I just couldn't help but notice as I listened to this again and again and again, 
man, this isn't three-quarter time, and it's episode three. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is know, too real, man. It's, it just got so real. Yeah, so, I mean, and, and what I like, too, is that it prominently features Obi-Wan and Anakin, and you're hearing Obi-Wan's theme again and again and again, um, which is interesting. Uh, another thing that's really interesting is that there are whole sections that had music written for them that were omitted in uh, in this opening sequence. The whole elevator sequence, you know, like there's just... There's just whole sections of this opening of this movie that uh, had music written for it that uh, was omitted. And I have a feeling that the scenes changed length between the time that John Williams... Uh, scored them, and when they actually uh, when they actually were completed. Um, so syncing those back up, like I did for Empire, I feel like Empire is kind of an exception to the rule because the picture edit was so intact, and part of that was because of the way that Kirshner worked. He had the entire picture edit in his head, and he didn't sh- really shoot coverage. He just kind of shot. He had already kind of put the movie together in his mind. Like if you read Rensselaer's book, you know that's kind of how he shot. He didn't shoot like a bunch of different angles and put it together in editorial. It's like, no, I'm going to have this shot here and then that shot there. And and so it was all in his head, which made it difficult to explain to people. Well, that's probably why there's such a maturity to the Empire music edit, which makes it so easy for me to go in and like lay music down that was cut. It's it's really hard to do for for something like this. Um, but there there is music that is on the soundtrack that um, was not in the movie there are whole sequences in the movie like when the battle between grievous and anakin and obi-wan has no music at least not at first like this they is post- true yeah I- it's all sabers yeah and i was actually told like yeah there was music in here and george i mean i was working there at the time and, and they said uh you know george uh, pulled it he said we don't Do- need it you know doesn't ben burt traditionally get a sequence within each film where he can really shine as far as sound design goes. They just strip the music. Let's let the sound design take center stage here. Yeah, I think so. Uh, with this movie, though, yeah, I think a lot of that would be that sequence. I feel like the big sound that he did for this movie was the uh, boga, you know, and maybe the grievous wheel chase or something, which we'll talk about in a later show. But but uh, that would be my guess. Is that primarily without music? Um, no, 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 no. There's tons of music in that, and it's awesome. Um, well, that's what I'm saying is that that Lucas would traditionally take a sequence within the film where he realizes that Bert's sound design is so dominant that any inclination to include soundtrack music during those sequences are are tossed aside because of the fact that the sound design itself carries the scene. Right. Well, that could be the scene with Grievous because the Magna Guards have those electro staffs that are so cool. Um, you know, but but yeah, it does. If you actually go back and you watch that, those opening sequences, you could hear them with music if you think about it. You can ask yourself, why is there no music here? Well, at one point there was for a lot of it, and then it was just pulled back. Um, I imagine for the same reasons. It's like, well, if you have too much music and drama at the top, then the back half isn't going to be as powerful, right? Let's let the action speak for itself. You know, you had this huge opening, and by the time you get to the elevator sequence, it's just funny without music. You got R2 doing his thing, you know. Uh, let's see if we can find it here. You know, all this stuff. You know, during the hangar, just kind of doing their thing. 
You know, yeah, you don't need uh, a music, but um, it would play with music if you decided to. But yeah, long sequences with no music. The Chancellor's signal is coming from right there. Not even underscore. Observation platform at the top mm -hmm. of that spire. I sense Just the sounds of battle, you know. I sense a trap. Next move. Spring the trap. R2, go back. I need you to stay with the ship. Yeah, take this. Wait for orders. That's kind of a your, our first intro to General Grievous. Yes, very sinister. Reminds Old me of Jabba the Hutt. Old school sinister, much like the you know the the movies from the the 30s or 40s. And you know, Tuba the Hut gets to shine a little bit again. <laughs> a little bit. You know, it's like we. Should, I want a movie with Jabba, Grievous, and and uh, and uh, what's his Ned Beatty from the original Superman. Oh my God, uh, Otis. Otis. It all takes place in Otisburg, and it's all scored by like a tuba, uh, just a big giant tuba ensemble. Uh, well, again, the music of John Williams, you know, and in in Superman, yeah, Otis uh, has that that really memorable tuba march, boom, 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 boom. You know, it's it's yeah, yeah. It, it almost reminds me a little bit of the music from The Great Escape, if you remember that music. Um, but kind of, there's a little more whimsy to it when uh, Otis is on the screen. Otisburg, it's just a small place, Mister Luthor. Otisburg, that's great. I love. I just love that scene. It is. But uh, again, you know, uh, 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 you're referencing uh, John Williams there for yep. sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and Tuba the Hutt, you know, we love it when Tuba makes a, an appearance here on Star Wars Oxygen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, let's talk about Grievous's theme a little bit. Uh, Grievous does have a theme, right? He's the big bad in this movie that gets introduced. At least we think he is. He's kind of the big bad for the first half. Of the movie, right? You know, he's not really the big bad. You know, he he's kind of like the the new uh, the new bad guy introduced the way that Dooku was in uh, in Attack of the Clones. But he's got some really cool music. Um, probably the most prominent uh, uh, statement of that music is when he lands on Utapau. You remember this? This is one of my favorite musical moments in the entire film. Yes. Yes. Um, the chorus, the the it just. I think you're gonna play it. I'm just gonna play the soundtrack version, Jimmy. Here, so let's take a listen to uh, General Grievous speaking to Sidious here. Really fiery strings. Also in three. One, two, three, 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 everything's in three.
It just like just fades off, and then we have a whole scene, you know. But oh, I love that music. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. The way it times out with the visuals on the screen is just so perfect. And it makes Grievous more intimidating than I think he really is in the film sometimes. Um, because, you know, they note that he is a coward. He runs from battles and stuff. Right. It's just, an, I mean, what an insane character design he has, though. And to have that music as the undercurrent for, you know, his evil machinations are just, you know, it, it just worked out perfectly, I thought. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I love that piece. I am, the too. Chorus, the chorus, of course, puts it over the top. Yeah, uh, and there's a lot of chorus in this movie. Uh, again, I don't know, you probably heard me point out, it's in three-quarter time, right? Yes. Uh, it, it just, it, it, that whole thing about three again, just coming up in this, in this movie, you know? Um, I guess, you know, if you really wanted to get into threes, you could talk about threes, you know, of Padme and Anakin and Obi-Wan and the sort of love triangle implied in terms of Anakin's jealousy later on, or the fact that uh, the Emperor gets rid of Dooku in order to make room for Anakin. So at the start of the Clone Wars, there was technically three, you know, three people involved in that triangle. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's so many different ways you can spin it. Uh, boy, um, <laughs> Order 66 is a multiple of three. I don't know, Jimmy. What are we going to do now? I'm just pulling stuff off the bottom of my shoe and looking at it and going, is there a three there? Well, um, you know what they always say. Three is a magic number. <laughs> Remember well, Schoolhouse hey, Rock? I do, and hey, you know what? That could have been the music for the trailer. So, you know, we should count our blessings. <laughs> so I'm just bringing it back around now. I know we're out of time. You know what I'm thinking, Jimmy? Uh, I, I know short short show this month, but uh, there's pretty much no way that I could tackle a score as rich as Revenge of the Sith with you on this show between now and the end of The Force Awakens. I mean, we'll mm -hmm. have one or two more shows but I mean, we're just scratching the surface because we gotta have to talk about the Force Awakens so much, you know. Um, you know, for people that love this, and people have written a lot about the score, you know, and how much a lot of people write that it's their favorite. Um, it's so rich, it's so operatic. There's so many things I want to talk about, but you know, we have to take our time, and uh, we're gonna have plenty to talk about, even along with the Force Awakens, you know. Um, but this movie is special, and it's special because it starts out with arguably the biggest event that shapes this era in Star Wars and shapes the story of the Skywalker family, which is the Clone Wars. And this is how John Williams treated it. And it sets the stage for the tragedy that occurs later on, which we will cover musically in a later volume. I'm just going to let that hang out there for a second. Let everyone sort of soak it in. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say crickets. Hello. Oh, no, no, no crickets. Just the level of anticipation amping up. Not That's only right. for the release of uh, The Force Awakens and our commentary on the soundtrack, but, uh, oh, was that the cricket? Is, yeah, is D. Crickets. Baker here or something? Yeah, I was trying to give you some crickets here. Those aren't crickets. I want, like, cricket crickets. Oh, I want, like... oh my God, it's like a horde of locusts. Oh, God. You want uh, the chippies? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. And, and you know what? Um, if we have to take a break from talking about Revenge of the Sith for a little while to talk about the new music from The Force Awakens, that's what we're going to do because that's what the people are going to want to hear and that's what I'm going to want to be talking to you about. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, 
we could get all bogged down with formats and everything, but let's just live in the moment and talk about what we want to talk about and what I think everyone else is going to want to want to hear us talk about. And that is the music to uh, Star Wars Episode Seven, The Force Awakens. It's taking over. It's taking over all of Star Wars. It is the biggest event that we uh, that we have this year. It probably, I mean, it's the biggest event we've had uh, in many, many years, over a decade, uh, in terms of Star Wars. We absolutely have to talk about it. Um, the landscape is changing. I'm just excited. There's going to be so much music to talk about, and uh, the fact that we can't fit it all in uh, makes me really excited and makes me want to keep talking about this stuff for uh, many, many, many volumes to come. So thank you all for listening, and Jimmy, thanks for your opinions and thanks for your passion. On behalf of all of us who listen to Rebel Force Radio and get to participate in it, your moment to have people get off your lawns, ah, whatever, you know, like, hey, you've got a voice, you've got passion, and you uh, you give a lot back to the fan community. Well, thank you, David. Thank you, know, nobody should take it personally, and I do not hate the music from the trailer. We know. It's, oh, oh, it's oh, Star Wars oh. music. We know. We it's know. Star Wars music. I don't hate it. But I, I, I do have uh, strong opinions about music. And, and, you know, I mean, David, you would have loved to have been with us back in, you know, 1985 when we were all arguing about who the best lead singer of Black Sabbath was, Dio or Ozzy. I mean, I, I swear to God, I, I think blood was shed in some of those arguments I had with my friends back in those days. And so uh, I'm no stranger when it comes to being very opinionated about uh, my music. Uh, end of the day, I, I I do like the music a lot, even though um, I, I believe overall its application within the trailer uh, reeks of modern day marketing cliche to me. But hey, you know what? That's just me. I don't let me uh, take away anything from your enjoyment of uh, the trailer or anything leading up to The Force Awakens. Believe me, guys, I'm waiting for this film with bated breath, just like you are. I watched the trailer itself 500 times with the volume turned up all the way. So obviously, any sort of ill will I have toward the music from the trailer is uh, has been completely uh, pushed aside by my love and passion for the wars. And uh, David, you know, I, I know a lot of people uh, would like to reach out to you. Uh, you are on the Twitter. I'm at, at David W. Collins on Twitter. You can find me there. Of course, you can always email the show at Rebel Force Radio. And uh, I love chatting with everybody about this stuff. Um, I'm on Instagram at, at David W. Collins if you want to talk to a picture. See, I don't, I don't understand how that works. I, it's not, it's not going to work for this show. Oh, my son today was just like, Dad, are you doing Snapchat? And I said, I don't even know what a Snapchat is, son. And he goes, Well, you got to do it. Twelve-year-olds want to hear what you have to say on Snapchat. I said, well, I'm not really sure if I'm doing the show for 12-year-olds, but uh, thanks for checking in. Well, maybe you are. Who knows? You know, Star Wars is for everyone, right? That's true. I I love talking about this stuff. By the way, Jimmy, I mean, I'm only maybe halfway through talking about what we could talk about with the Clone Wars. We'll continue where we left off next time. Plus, we'll start talking about how Anakin is turned and some of the amazing, amazing music we have in the middle of the film. We'll talk about source music. We'll talk about uh, we'll talk about Anakin's manipulation, his isolation, and of course continue talking about talking about the Clone Wars and John Williams' amazing music. Awesome! Well, I can't wait. Let's get together in November at least once and uh, talk Absolutely. more about Revenge of the Sith. And uh, man, I'll tell you what this this keeps me going. This kind of stuff keeps me going until we get to uh, the Force Awakens, and then I'll probably just explode into a big. Uh, 
Death Star like uh, like over uh, Death Star over Yavin. And I just blow up. I'll have that big ring that comes out from the middle of me too. Well, just be sure you're recording while you're doing it. Oh, so yeah, we- of course. It's all going to be live and in your face. So, well, thanks a lot, everyone, for listening. On behalf of uh, David Collins, I'm Jimmy Mack. And remember... The Force will be with you, always. One, two, three. One, two, three. <laughs> One, two, three. Yeah.